Welcome to Campus Life, the show that holds a grudge here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Going to jump right into news and notes this week, guys. Spring is in full swing. Started getting some spring games, some spring practices. Uh, and the next couple weekends are packed with uh, uh, those games that hopefully help us figure out some depth charts. Colin, let's go right over to you here first. Let's head right to Alabama. I mean, I can't really think of a better place to go. Uh, than than the Crimson Tide, uh, the the uh, fading star of college football, maybe. I think fading is is a little harsh, um, but I think this would be a big year for them. To be honest, uh, you know they disappointed last year for sure, and they are losing their Heisman former Heisman winning quarterback, and neither of the uh, the guys that are up have much experience. Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson uh, have reportedly been much improved through practices so far though uh milrow obviously got in a couple of starts there at the end of last year did not look particularly great ty simpson the former five star uh, but he didn't really get any time at all i think he threw a total of like four passes last year uh new offensive coordinator tommy reese so this is a big battle to keep an eye on um i was early on a big uh, ty simpson proponent um but Milro does have a little bit more experience, and it seems like he has a slight leg up so far. So you're telling me the Heisman method maybe not the best way to predict he's going to take a starting well, job in January. They adjusted those Heisman odds oh, almost immediately. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, those are basically even now. They are. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. So um, maybe we wait. Maybe we don't do it right as soon as it releases. Maybe we give it like a, a little bit of time. But I don't think that's the worst method of out there says the guy that uh drafts all the players from one position so he has bad players to cut yeah hey we're gonna talk about that later speaking of bad players to cut no i'm just kidding it sounds like (laughs) those quarterbacks are going to be throwing to probably a group of four guys it seems like have kind of separated themselves from the pack there so far practices uh some coming some combination of jacory brooks jermaine burton Malik Benson, the JUCO transfer, and Isaiah Bond uh, have have been the most impressive and have been running mostly with the ones. So they, they're probably going to run a lot of three wide receiver stuff, but it sounds like as of today, that's going to be the rotation at wide receiver. So, um, you know, maybe our, maybe those Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks shares aren't quite dead, uh, and Benson and Bond obviously offer something a little different than both of those guys do. So, um, you know, m- maybe not great news for Kobe Prentice holders, um, or, you know, other assorted wide receivers there. Yeah, Shaz Preston, or really the freshman this year, Jalen Hale, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jaron Hamilton, some of those guys uh, just might not be in the cards for them, at least this year. Yeah, so out of out of that group that they've named as the, um, not starters, but the guys who we assume are going to be heavily in the rotation there for the starters, uh, which one do you think is going to play the slot? Honestly, Is it Bond? I'm wondering if, the, yeah, they're going to use a field stretcher through the slot. Like, I'm wondering if it'll be Benson or Bond, and that's kind of going to be the rotation. And then you kind of have Brooks and Burton working, and, you know, CJ Dupree seems like he's going to be the tight end there. Uh, we're going to talk some tight ends later for once, give him a little love. Um, and maybe those guys are kind of working the underneath stuff. I, I'm interested to see it because, yeah, there's no, like, natural what you would think of stereotypically as a slot guy on, on that list. But I, I read a bunch of stuff today. I didn't see anything about Kobe Prentice really at all, um, as predicted. Um, and, uh, you know, Kendrick Law, I, I mean, that, 
I don't know. Emmanuel Henderson's supposed to be a wide receiver now. He's not out there really making any noise. So it, it, it sounds like these are kind of the the guys to keep an eye on here. And they all have, you know, I of of all the guys on the team, I think these guys have the the most elite skill sets or the the upside for uh, you know kind of some elite. Um, uh, upside, you know, Benson and Bond speed. Uh, Burton's a really good athlete too. I think people forget yeah. that. And then Brooks uh, has been successful when not in the doghouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, staying in Alabama here, Justice Haynes has had multiple good practices. Justice Haynes, um, friend of Debbie Debate. Uh, he is also a, I think, pretty consensus top three running back for us. Um, you know, it's Tim, Cedric Baxter, Robin, Roderick Robin in some sort of an order. Uh, and I think that's, there's a, for me at least, there's a pretty significant tear break after Justice Haynes. So I think that it's good news to see Justice Haynes out there showing out already. It's a crowded backfield with Jace McClellan and Jam Miller. Roy Dell Williams is probably the least talented of that group, but he's going to factor in in some sort of capacity. Um, they also have they also bring in another highly regarded freshman this year, Richard Young. So I think Justice Haynes standing out at this point in time uh, is 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 bordering on significant. It's good for the future for sure. I I I wouldn't put the cart before the horse here. I wouldn't make any assumptions about uh, McCle- you know McClellan playing poorly or or, or losing snaps uh, or, or things like that. And even really Jamarian Miller, he had a lot of hype last year in preseason and uh, looked good in the spring game, uh, looked good when he got on the field throughout the year. So I, I still think that he's third in kind of the, at least from what it seems like um, they've kind of split that backfield up into two general roles, a grinder and then a kind of do it all kind of guy. Um, you know, last year it was, it was Gibbs is kind of the do it all guy. And then it was supposed to be, like some combo of Trey Sanders, Roy Dell, Jace McClellan doing the other stuff. Um, I, I think McClellan kind of steps into that, that, that Gibbs role. Roy Dell gets first shot at grinder and then we'll see some of these other guys rotate in and Bama always blows teams out. You know, that's why I don't necessarily worry about some of these guys breaking year one zero at wide receiver and things like that, because they just, especially early in the year, they play a pretty weak non-con outside of Texas uh, for obvious reasons. So, I I I I think Haynes is going to get snaps. I'm just not banking on him being a, a significant player without a pretty lengthy injury list in front of him here for 2022. But I think it's encouraging to hear stuff about him for the future. You know, maybe he is kind of in that deputy role next year behind Miller, and if something were to happen, maybe something uh, works out for him. It's kind of my read on the situation. It's it, it's it's good to get affirmation early that these guys look like they belong especially at schools like Alabama at Georgia, where it's so easy to get buried if you don't do something early. We just listed a graveyard of wide receivers that that uh, you know pro- probably are never going to make it there. So I, this is great news for him. I just wouldn't get too excited, but I do think he's – I think he's a buy. And I think if you're in a startup especially, uh, he's not much of a value at the moment in, in freshman drafts. I mean, he, he goes kind of mid-late uh, first round, so you're, you're not really getting value there. Uh, and I wouldn't jump him over some of the other guys that that are go consistently going ahead of him. But in, in a startup, I, I think I start considering him. Like if I picked first overall at the two three turn, I think I'm I might be tapping Haynes there as one of the guys that on the way around. Do you agree with that spot, Colin? 
I think that's interesting. I So I agree with a lot of what you said that this is good for Haynes. It's good to see that he belongs. I think it's more confirming than like a stock up or anything like that. Um, and I don't, cause I, I don't expect him to do anything this year um, without like a laundry list of injuries or anything that he, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant this year, but for the future. Yeah. He absolutely could be the next Alabama back. So I don't think it's the worst idea I've ever heard taking him at three turn, but that's a little for my blood. I think I would probably start to consider him maybe like another. What were we going to say? The the tricky part with these running backs is that because we lost so many of them last year, and I think a couple of the guys Mm, that we kind of thought could take the step really didn't, it really gets difficult after, I I think, RB8 in my rankings. I, I have Travion, Singleton, Raheem Sanders, Branson Robinson, Quinshawn Judkins, Braylon Allen, Donovan Edwards, and Cedric Baxter as my top eight. And then I think it's arguable after that. I, I basically have the, all the Alabama backs there. I have J- Jace McClellan, Jamarian Miller, Justice Haynes, uh, Trevor Etienne at Florida. We'll see what, what that offense looks like. Roderick Robinson, the other uh, running back at Georgia there. And then you've got some guys that I, I think are are not quite as talented, but they're still good players. Guys like Katron Allen, guys like Devin Neal. Um, I, I've dropped Will Shipley and Blake Corum pretty pretty far this offseason. Like, if you are pretty set, especially in a startup, what I like to do is I like to walk out of those first couple of rounds with a couple of running backs if I can, you know, the first three rounds. It gets thin pretty quick. And so Haynes is a guy that you might have to make that decision on if you, if, if that's your intention to, to kind of be deliberate about stalking that running back pipeline early. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I completely agree. It's it, running back is a little sketchy right now. It's a little shaky. We like you said, the guys that we expected to take a step didn't, um, and guys that we had pretty high last year kind of fell off. Uh, you know, Kendall Milton has fallen off. Um, Jaden Blue has fallen off. Andrew Paul. There's a number of other guys that we had up there fairly high last year, and we were hoping. You know, at this time last year, we were hoping for steps forward and the think of Alton McCaskill. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think after like RB 15 for me is where I start to get a little shaky. Um, you know, so I, I get wanting to secure a, a backfield early, but I don't know. I'm, I think I'm just a little hesitant to reach at that point. Um, I think that I would rather a little, a, a little bit of more of a safer investment at that point, because Alabama is going to bring in five star running backs. It's what they do. They just do it every year. And, you know, some guys stay and some guys stick it out. And I do think Haynes is going to be a guy who stays and sticks it out there and is going to get carries. But we've seen numerous other running backs transfer out of there and not make it who were also very talented. Um, you know, so there is more risk carried with a running back like that. So high upside for sure two, three turn, you want to take that swing, I don't fault you, but it's probably a little early for me. I tend to be a little safer in my first couple of rounds. It's it, We don't have to go into a huge discussion on this, but I, I actually think he's a really safe player there. And I think of the players that you see going in that range, uh, especially at wide receiver, we're talking some of the freshmen, which I, I also think you can slot in there, and I think a lot of those guys will hold their value, but that's the range where you're starting to see like, Malik neighbors go off the board 
and some of these questionable quarterback profiles that that people want to believe a little too heavily in. Um, I, I actually think he's one of the safer guys you can really take there. I think he might be safer than Trevor Etienne. And I've actually kind of come around on Trevor Etienne overall. Oh, I think I have, he's safe and I have Etienne rated two spots above him. But I, I think Justice Haynes is a safer player than Trevor Etienne, all things considered. I think that Bama backfield is worth its weight in gold. Like just having that, that wearing that helmet and, and bearing that that moniker as you kind of move forward, assuming he stays there. I think I, I really think he will, unless he gets injured. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he will too. But it is still. I think there's also a very real possibility that, you know, it's Jace McClellan and Jam Miller this year, and it's, you know, Jam Miller next year, and maybe Jones, um, or it could be somebody else that they have in that backfield. You know, Richard Young is there. I think Justice Haynes is talented, but he is still there. He's still pretty highly regarded. They could bring in another five-star guy. Uh, Roy Dell Williams could stick around for another millionth year. Um, and siphon off some carries. I just think there's a lot of bodies. So that's where I, th- I see the risk. I will be as kind to Richard Young as possible because I don't think he's a bad player at all. I would be shocked if he's ever a, the significant back in the backfield at Alabama. I would be absolutely floored. And again, not a bad player. I think he was a top 10 running back for me and for us as consensus. But as we've talked about a lot this year, was really not a very good running back class. And there weren't a lot of guys at his size right. with his kind of straight line athletic ability. Uh, but a lot of question marks there too. Is he a good receiver? Is he really that great You know, in terms of elusiveness? Uh, once he gets kind of the open field, can he get himself to the open field consistently? These are all things that I don't really know. And I'm slightly skeptical. You kind of just have to, you're trusting again that, that, that Alabama has done their homework um you know which we, we know they have and, and and all these things but they're not infallible and i i just don't know that i see that with young i, I feel i feel bad saying that about him I, and i'm never writing a, a 17 or 18 year old kid off but i think just overall again playing the percentages and and kind of the the skill sets that they use there I, i'm not sure i see young as like the guy there at any point during his career that's fair that's fair let's head over to their rivals alabama's rivals auburn across the state there um it was tough to really get a read on the passing game which is what a lot of us really cared about going into this uh their their spring game this weekend it was really rainy the weather was awful hugh freeze lamented it before the game with reporters saying we planned on airing it out a ton to see what we had and obviously they couldn't uh the passing uh, there there aren't really stats floating around out there I, I tried desperately today if anybody has the box score or whatever from the game feel free to send it my way but it sounds like really the only big passing play of the day was Robbie Ashford through a like a 38 yard pass to uh Dawson your your Varish Dawson or whatever his name is um a speedier guy outside of that it was just the running game but it sounds like Demario Alston was pretty good uh in this one obviously it's a Jarquez Hunter's backfield this year they have some other guys there too, Brian Petit, who they brought in, but satellite of satellite backs. Uh, Alston looks like he's probably the next guy up there. So if you're looking a little forward, a little further ahead, uh, maybe stashing Alston this offseason, um, uh, not a bad strategy there. I mean, Auburn could bring in somebody over top of him, but I, I think they like what they have with him right now. And I think they can make two backs successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen Hugh Freeze make running backs successful for fantasy purposes before. Um, which is why I, I do like Hunter this year. I think 
the addition of Hugh Freeze was big for Jarquez Hunter. Um, and I think it was big for Damari Alston too, you know, now that we're hearing some news that he'll be, sounds like he'll be the next guy up behind Hunter. Obviously, like you said, with Petit there, he's tiny. So it's he's never going to be a lead the backfield type of a guy. Um, but Damari Alston could also be one Jarquez Hunter away from being the guy this year. So I do agree with you. I think he is a guy that you look to pick up probably like now in this year's supplemental. It's not a guy that I would probably wait on because one Jarquez Hunter injury and we could see Damari Halston be the guy there and I think be successful for fantasy purposes. And look, Hugh Freeze is the scum of the earth. Like, let's not pretend that he's a good person, somebody that I'm rooting for to succeed there, but he's done a lot more with a lot less places before. I think this Auburn team is probably headed in the right direction offensively. Buying a couple of these guys, especially uh, ones that, that are a little more predictable and we we have the ability to see what they're probably going to be in the future definitely not a bad plan they got walker white coming in next year uh a friend of the official he they talked to they 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 did like an intro to the 2024 class this week on the official if you haven't listened to that it's our recruiting show for those not familiar with it it's on youtube and it goes in the podcast feed as well david matt and alfred doing an outstanding job and they were talking about players that they thought like they were you know they say can you kind of plant your flag who is a non-five star that could be a five star by the end of the year and one of them talked about walker white six three like 220 very strong arm mobile kid going in there to run hugh freeze's offense if i mean i know it was raining this weekend but if it's any indication they don't it's robbie ashford uh holton jariner um Who's the is TJ Finley still there? It's, yeah, TJ Finley's still there because it's, it's he made a little bit of news in one of Matt's um, uh, spring practice reports because he was reportedly looked decent throwing the ball, and that <laughs> was enough to be noteworthy. That was notable. So, yeah, that was notable. Yeah. So I mean, it's I, I think there's a non-zero chance that White starts games next year, and I think that kind of gets them pointed in the right direction. They, they they don't have receivers on that team at all. I am the world's like least Dequavia sorry fan. He was kind of the big guy they brought in this year. The cupboard's pretty bare, but again, you get yourself a quarterback like that. that can start bringing some of these other guys in with them. The transfer portal is a thing. Now I don't know that buying this offense a little bit at cheaply this off season is necessarily a bad idea. Yeah. I think this is one of those offenses and there's a couple of them this year that I think are one year away from being offenses that we're going to want to target. Um, Auburn, I think is one, I think Colorado is another one. Um, there's some pieces there this year for sure that that's like, interesting. Cause that's a presuming, I think that Shador Sanders stays for another year. So then yes. you're presuming that Shador Sanders probably isn't quite as good as people think he is, which is then, you know, there, there's a, there's like a chain of presumptions there. So I mean, I I'd be interested to see what they end up doing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't, I, I think, uh, he stays another year. Cause I don't think. Shador Sanders is as good as everybody thinks he is. I think he's going to need some serious uh, seasoning. I don't think he's going to be the type of player that can take one year jumping from the FCS up into the power five and be a draftable player. That's, that's a pretty rare thing to do. And we saw Cam Ward not be as successful at it last year as what we thought. So yeah, I do think Shador Sanders is going to stick around for another year. So that's kind of why I'm saying I think this offense will have its moments for sure. Um, but I think it's going to be a little spotty at times. It, Plus, they play a gauntlet of a schedule. It, it's fun 
we don't have to have a full Shador Sanders discussion. I know I haven't been on really the past few weeks to get into that discussion. Oh, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> I know. Um, Neither did our viewers. Our the viewers did up, notice. So. Ratings were just in the toilet. No, uh, they it's were not, way up. It's not the guest's fault. It's not the guest's fault. I just want to make that clear for any of you wonderful folks who who stepped in. It is not your no, fault. No, but I'm not, the, they not pointing the finger anywhere in particular. I'm just saying it wasn't the, the guests. Fault. The guests do get a lot of the credit, though, for the the massive jump in numbers that we had. Um, so I do have to thank all of them we're, for coming I, on. I, we're gonna we're gonna have a very long time uh, debate about the ratings while I was gone. I feel like that'll be that'll be a, a, a struggle over the next few months. But it might. Regardless. Um, Sanders has risen slightly for me. I think he's a little more polished than Cam Ward, uh, but also is not as physically gifted as Cam Ward. So I think there's a little bit of a trade-off there. Uh, he's not a, you know, he's not a, he's not 35 year old Matt Ryan in the pocket, but he's not, right. he's not Cam Ward either. So yeah. I, it, very different profiles. Be interested to see what they do at Colorado, mm-hmm. a team that's probably a year away, like you said. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back getting back on track on that one, Auburn offense a year that I think is like a year away from us wanting to acquire some of these pieces. Uh, and I won't name any other ones. So that way we don't get off on any bigger tangents uh, already. But I think that there could be some value to ha- be had this year. And Damari Alston, I think is one of those guys that could see that value. Uh, but we'll move into the next news nugget that we have, and that's coming out of NC State. Brennan Armstrong looks to have sewn up the starting job at quarterback there, at least if the spring game is any indication. Uh, This is kind of to be expected, I think, with him coming over with Robert and I. Robert and I, the former offensive coordinator at Virginia, where he had um, Brennan Armstrong there, and Brennan Armstrong had a phenomenal year under him, at least from a statistical standpoint. Then Robert and I goes to Syracuse, does the exact same thing with Garrett Schrader, produces big numbers there, comes over to NC State. He's just moving all over the ACC. We expect the exact same thing out of him here, and he gets Brennan Armstrong. I think it was pretty clear that this was going to be the guy who was going to start this year. I know people had some hope for MJ Morris, and I don't think that the hope is dead for MJ Morris. It's just a year away, you know? Um, I, I think that MJ Morris could very uh, could function very well in Robert and I's offense. Um, it's just tough to unseat a guy with that much experience and a guy who has already had experience in that system. Yeah, MJ Morris, one of the trickier guys to rank this year overall yeah. because of it. Because uh, we, we didn't even see that much last year. We liked what we saw, but it, it, it was small, small sample sizes there. Um, let's go over to Notre Dame. I, I was looking for some information here because we liked Lorenzo, Lorenzo Styles at wide receiver last offseason. Didn't really pan out. Uh, new offensive coordinators we talked about earlier. Tommy Reese is down at Alabama now. Uh, a lot of shaking up uh, at the quarterback position. And they're really, they are trying to get this passing game going. It sounds like Tobias Merriweather has been consistently the best receiver there, a second year guy. So we'll see. Didn't really do much last season. But it, just a name to monitor. I brought this up. I did a little AMA in our Discord earlier uh, as a guy that could surprise us and everybody uh, as someone that, that, that produces a little bit as a true freshman. Braylon James, a guy that I think we were all pretty lukewarm on here at C2C. Not a bad player, not a great player, just a guy going to going to Notre Dame, 
very unsure about what this offense would look like, what the, the receiver room would look like. But it sounds like he's made a couple plays in practice there. Uh, they've, they've been especially impressed with his deep speed, with his ability to win downfield. And they don't really have a lot of guys that can do that there. I mean, Merriweather's an underneath guy. Uh, Deion Colsey, who I, I don't think anything of, is, is a possession guy. Even Lorenzo Styles, I don't know that I'd necessarily consider him a deep threat, at least not, not all the time. So Braylon James is going to be a guy, I think, to really monitor there. Um, and just a name, you know, I'm not taking him really early in drafts this year in, in a startup, you know, maybe around 25, 30, I started thinking about it. In a supplemental draft, maybe around 8, 10, that range, I, I would start considering it. don't think he needs to go any earlier than that, but just a name to keep an eye on. Uh, they certainly, you know, could use the help there at wide receiver. Yeah, I absolutely think they could use the help at wide receiver, and they're going to get an upgrade at the quarterback position this year from Drew Pine in Sam Hartman. I think the biggest question with Sam Hartman is his ability to function in like a more pro style offense, given, you know, kind of how gimmicky the Wake Forest offense was. But I like when I was watching Sam Hartman, uh, I wrote his profile up for the Debbie Guide. Uh, that'll be releasing relatively soon um i noticed he actually did better accuracy wise and throwing wise and timing wise um when he was allowed to have like a normal drop when they didn't do the long mesh and he didn't have to just pop right up and throw uh when he could do more of a traditional drop back uh, he looked a lot better which isn't necessarily surprising but i think this offense could be good for him uh i think he's gonna perform pretty well in this offense so we're gonna want a pass catching option in this offense i think so you know whether that ends up being tobias merriweather whether breland james does you know have a really nice year and it factors in whether lorenzo styles gets that bounce back because he did lorenzo styles did finish second on the team in receiving last year so like <laughs> showed you how bad <laughs> yeah was. it's not... very much underperformed yeah yeah. Right. Was like, it, it Mayor? Was I'm assuming Michael Mayer, first? yeah, finished yeah. first. And I'm pretty sure every statistical category for receiving. But like Styles was second. So it's not like he was holding the offense back or he looked bad or anything like that. I think just the offense as a whole did not look good. So I still have some hope for Styles as well. But somebody's gonna break out on this offense and we need to keep an eye on it. Yeah, and it could be None of them are good, and then maybe they figure it out next year. I, I don't really know. I know our guy was uh, was great house. I, I haven't heard a ton of great things about him, and I think the Back to Debbie guys have talked about that recently, that there hasn't been a lot of overtly positive news. Also hasn't been people crapping on him necessarily, mm -hmm. but um, I think some of the concerns that we voiced that we had overall about him, which I, I he plummeted in mid-February for me in my rankings, um, I'm just concerned about the athletic ability there. He's an odd size. He almost feels like an Akil Harry kind of guy. Where, like, I don't know if he'll be able to consistently get open in the NFL. And if he doesn't, what is he doing? Yeah. Is he a boundary guy? Is he a big slot? Like, I, I don't really know. So, but it, uh, still a lot of time left. We need to watch these guys. I'm just, Braylon James, the name that I'm going to toss out there. Um, as someone that that is moderately interesting, deep I in believe drafts, deep um, in drafts. 
I believe I heard some positive news about the one of the other freshmen that they brought in, Rico Flores, right? I, I heard one one okay. bit about him a couple of days ago. Yeah. So I mean another guy could could he be their wide receiver four or something this year? Maybe. Yeah, maybe he could. I mean, they're so desperate for wide receiver help that they've kind of transitioning Chris Tyree there. Yeah. I know Tyree, I think, probably by this point realizes that his long term future probably isn't a running back if he wants to continue to do something right um he, he, super super fast guy he, he won the the sprinting stuff at the opening uh, i believe or one of the nike the old nike ones that they used to do one of those things i mean so uh, we'll see what they end up doing overall but it's it's not pretty <laughs> as of today uh it is not but over to vanderbilt we'll move over to the sec here uh freshman running back cedric alexander appears to have the inside track to the starting job. Um, Cedric Alexander is a guy that um, I'll be honest, I have not watched him yet. He was low enough in the running back rankings, and I'm not one of the guys who does the recruiting stuff and puts the recruiting grades up. So, you know, I have not dove that deep. Uh, I think he, I just you know pulled up on our recruiting rankings. He's our 134th ranked player. Um, That's but not bad at all positions. Right. Well, at all positions. And that's based on the um, adjusted model mm -hmm. grade, because I believe you and um, I think Matt were the only ones who had him graded. From I don't I believe I have a grade on, C on Cedric Alexander. I could be wrong. Um, I, I, I watched a few clips of him. I don't know that I ever got a full report gotcha. uh, done on him. Well, there were yeah, two I mean, people who had a grade. So like, I didn't really want to use the probably average Dave, grade. Probably David and Matt, to be honest. It been. There's a, if there's a guy that there's only two grades on, you're probably safe to just say it's probably David. Yeah. Uh, but the, the predictive model seemed to like him a decent yeah. amount and, and him getting the inside track as a freshman at Vanderbilt is definitely a good sign. Now, how good is the, how productive is the running back at Vanderbilt going to be? I don't really think he's going to be particularly fantasy relevant, at least not this year. Like I still don't think Danville or uh, Vanderbilt is going to be a good team. So it's something to monitor and it's definitely a guy that you can take late in supplemental drafts, but he's still more of a watch list guy for me at this point. Are you, are you, do you agree with that or are you more bullish on him? I'm more bullish on him. And I think there are, there people, so Vanderbilt's not a good team. I mean, they're essentially a G five team that plays in the sec. The only reason you go there is to play football. It's a good academic school. And you want to say you have a degree from Vanderbilt, which is, I mean, that's, Totally acceptable in terms of guys that they've put in the NFL at a, at a high level in recent years. Have they really had a star in the NFL since Jay Cutler? And I, I'm not sure that I would call him a star, but he was, he was certainly <laughs> a, a, I mean, he was a, I loved him for fantasy because he chucked it 40 times a game. Yeah. Uh, and when he had those couple years with the, with the bears there, he, uh, he was certainly a fun guy. Um, but what people don't understand about Vanderbilt is that their head of recruiting there is a former higher up guy at 24 mm -hmm. seven sports. Yeah, And they have a very novel approach to what they're doing in terms of identifying talent early based on things that maybe a lot of other schools aren't necessarily looking at. They, uh, like Kamori and Pimpton, they were on him really early and they were like the only school on him, the tight end headed to LSU before he ended up flipping late in the process and kind of shooting up the rankings. Like they're kind of sifting through the scraps, quite frankly, and pulling out some guys that that hit some some markers that that just are are not necessarily 
widely accepted, but that they really, really like. So I think any freshman going there right now is worth looking at because it could just be a guy that completely fell through the cracks. And there are dozens of guys that fall through the cracks every year, guys. Like you would think with the recruiting corporate whatever umbrella that everything falls under now and the fact that we've got these huge schools all across the country and they're doing their due diligence and it doesn't matter. There are still guys that fall through the cracks. So I'm not saying Alexander is a guy like that, but I'm saying you just need to pay attention to guys like him at Vanderbilt. It sounds stupid and silly to say that, but they are unearthing some diamonds there. I mean, they've got some other interesting guys there. Will Shepard is, is an interesting guy at wide receiver, uh, an athletic McGowan. guy there. McGowan's really, really interesting. And he was a guy that they found. I, mm-hmm. I think they were using like online speed stuff before, you know, like the miles per hour stuff before anybody else was. So like I, they, they're finding some of these guys and they're not traditional, but they could do some stuff. So I, I think, I think Alexander is, is worth a roster spot if he gets that starting job. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want to acknowledge that Vanderbilt has been doing some really interesting things in recruiting, especially with, like you said, Barton Simmons. Um, Bart, thank you. I couldn't remember yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He was the former head of recruiting at 24-7, I believe. He was, if he wasn't the head, he was he, like ahead of like one of the major regions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was on the Cover 3 podcast back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's doing some really interesting things with recruiting and it is awesome to see them kind of picking through and finding some guys early staying on them, hoping they can keep them or just scooping up guys that kind of fell through the cracks in other ways. But I still don't know how productive that offense is going to be for fantasy purposes. So that's kind of my concern. But I mean, if he's starting in the sec, I think that's worth something. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, even if he doesn't stay there all four years, Ray Davis parlayed it into something else uh, Mm -hmm. when his, uh, reputation or, or his profile wasn't uh, wasn't necessarily uh, stellar at, at the yeah. time. Uh, last piece of news here, and then we'll we'll get into uh, some rankings talk here since I haven't been on in a while. Talk about uh, revisiting uh, some of our rankings as we start shifting them around. Twenty twenty four recruiting news: Top twenty twenty four quarterback Air Noland has committed to Ohio State after losing out on Dylan Rayola. Nolan was probably the last guy that the Buckeyes were really in on uh, in terms of top quarterbacks in the class, and there aren't really that many. So uh, a big one there for them. Assuming Kyle McCord plays out this year and leaves, it'd be interesting competition next offseason between Devin Brown, uh, uh, Lincoln Kineholz, who came in this year, and then incoming freshman Noland. I cannot wait for that. Uh, we've got a guy here at C2C with inside information. He won't get it right, but I'm interested to hear a little more about how that competition shakes out next year. So um, Aaron Noland headed to OSU, definitely a guy uh, to to put on your watch lists moving forward. Just a little bit of housekeeping, guys. Go. Uh, do you have do you have anything on Aaron Nolan there, Colin? Nope. nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. I have not watched him at all. I have. Um, not the greatest grade, but he's got yeah. a year to improve it, and it wasn't bad either. So okay. Uh, Mid him versus guy. Him versus Kineholtz right now. I have him a little higher than Kineholtz. The one thing okay. that I think is going to be an issue potentially for him is that he, Aaron Nolan's left-handed. Uh, and that is, it, it, it has to be factored in at some level because we just don't see a lot of lefties for many different reasons. Um, we've heard receivers say that the ball spins the opposite direction and it's weird to catch it. So um, just we, things like that that people don't necessarily yeah, think of. I mean, I think everybody... True 
the book and ta- tackles are tackles now, you know, like in ter- you, both teams are trying to, yeah. to, to beef up both sides. So it's not necessarily the, the, the finding a right tackle issue. It's just, um, it's, it presents other challenges. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, go check out campus guys real quick. Our parent website, uh, things are really starting to pick up there. Now that we're getting some more offseason news and notes, the rankings are really starting to shape up. I know our CFF team is doing their first of several, um, kind of ranking summits here in the next couple of days. Um, so they, they've really fleshed out a lot of their rankings. Uh, the, the Debbie team is deep into the Debbie guide that's coming out on May 1st. So we, we've, we've updated all that stuff. We're all grinding the tape, uh, hashtag, you know, grinding it. Um, and, uh, you know, articles like we talked about last show, volume pigs, uh, new CFF contributor, got a ton of good stuff. So go check out everything over there. Go pre-order a copy of our Debbie guide, guys. Uh, the aforementioned Debbie guide, about 250 profiles of players, uh, you know, our rankings, a ton of other information in there as well. Um, definitely a, a must have if you are deep into just the Debbie scene. And obviously our NIL members get that for free with their membership. If you are a scholarship or one of our grandfather members from, from when we launched the site, uh, you get one guide for free with your membership as well. So uh, that, that could be an option for you. So go ahead, check that out. Then if you are an NIL member, guys, we are starting to open up one-on-one meetings. We get uh, we do one for everybody that's an NIL member throughout the year, about an hour. We'll sit down. You send us your rosters or if you have one particular one or, or however you want to do it, send them to us. We take a look at them. We sit down on a call and we say, you know, maybe you should think about doing this. What, what are you planning on doing? We kind of try to help you formulate a little bit of a plan. So we have started opening those up. We have a sign-up sheet, a Google form that you can submit, uh, asks for a bunch of information. And then we were gonna we are going to start getting those scheduled in the next week here or so. Um, so go ahead, do that, get us your information. Even if you're, if you want to wait you, until June or something, you don't have any drafts coming up, you can let us know that as well. And we can start getting those scheduled because uh, we had more NIL members than I, th- I thought. <laughs> and so we got to, so we, 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 I don't know, we got to squeeze them all in. So, uh, and you do get to request the person to sit down with you. We can't guarantee it, but we're going to try. So uh, Colin, it sounds like your nights are going to be pretty free. Based on yeah. early, uh, based on early, early in. returns. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Um, that's fine. I need, I got my, got the wedding coming up. I need all the nights free that I can get. You don't, so you don't want to call into a, a, an hour long meeting, uh, with a member on your honeymoon. Um, it would have to be, uh, it'd have to be a pretty special member. So well, I don't know if there's anybody out there like that right now. Say, let's let's hear. I want to see your list of pretty special members. I don't think there's anybody out there like that now. If you want to get up there, you know, be an advocate for us, get out there and uh, uh, recruit some other people and spread the word about C2C. And, you know, maybe we'll talk. Maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll phone in from Costa Rica. We'll see. Boom. All right. Let, let's get into these rankings, sh- uh, these ranking uh, movements, I guess we can call them. Colin, I want to ask you first before we kind of talk about players that we have moving or general themes that are starting to kind of arise as we really get into the nitty gritty of this. How how are you going about adjusting those rankings, your rankings at this stage? Do you do C2C and Debbie for us or just C2C or? or, I do C2C and Debbie. Okay. Okay. And and campus and and the dynasty leagues. Yeah. Yeah. You do the NFL rankings too. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. Are you making some of us wear robes? <laughs> you're not. 
<laughs> are you making big changes based on spring intel right now like how much is that shaking what you already have down uh in across any and all positions um it's not shaking it much i mean there are certain position battles where entering the spring i didn't know who was going to win this battle and i kind of lumped these guys together you know i had an idea of who would win it but uh you know, just to kind of hedge, I kept the guys pretty close together. Hudson Card, Brady Allen at Purdue. That was one of them. Um, you know, they brought it. It was a new staff. They brought in Hudson Card. Hudson Card has experience, starting experience. So, um, you know, he had the leg up there. But I've seen Hudson Card um, play in a game, and, you know, and it wasn't particularly great. So I never like to give him too much credit. Um, so that's one where, like, I had those guys closer together. And now that we have news, it seems like it is definitely going to be card from all the reports coming out. I've dropped Brady Allen pretty precipitously, and I've moved Hudson Card up maybe like a spot or two. Um, another situation kind of like that um, is the uh, Texas Tech guys, you know, um, Baron Morton, Tyler Shuck. Shuck, it seems like it's going to be him. So I've braved, bumped him up a little. I've dropped... Uh, I've dropped Morton a little bit. So the situations like that. And then it's also really adding guys to my rankings, you know, so guys that weren't in there before that are now starting to show up in spring a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this guy needs to be in here. How high? I'm not exactly sure yet, but he needs to be accounted for uh, a couple of guys like that, that, that we can get into a little bit later when we do more of a, a, a discussion on like the actual rankings players shifting. Um, but like the wider the, the wide receivers at Wisconsin, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of clarity there on that. Um, Elijah Collins versus Ali Gordon, we're starting to get some clarity on that. Um, you know, Jarquez Hunter and Damari Alston, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Damari Alston wasn't in my rankings previously; he's now in there. Um, you know, so I'm adding in some guys as we're hearing some some positive spring news. That's Th those are the two situations where I'm adjusting my rankings the most. So, so you would say you're adjusting more based on once depth charts are starting to shape up a little bit and less on this guy's looked really good, but with no further indication as to, is he the wide receiver too? Is he the wide receiver? Right. Basically right. is what is what you're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, you hear all the time, like, man, this guy looks great in spring. And then all of a sudden he ends up on the third team. And you're like, okay, well, I thought he looked great. Like, why would I, why was I bumping him up my rankings? Like, okay, it's awesome that he looks great. Maybe he's a guy for 2024. Maybe he's a guy for next year, but that doesn't help me this year, you know? So I overcorrected there and I've moved him too high. So it's nice to hear that players are looking good. Um, it's actually probably even a little bit nicer to hear if players are not looking good because everything out of spring tends to be a little you, more positive you know there's some honesty there yeah 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 mm -hmm. so i'll you know that definitely plays a role but depth charts the way who's running with the ones is more important to me than player x looks good and i i want to say that i'm doing something similar but i do have some caveats that um if there's a guy that was just totally not on my radar, like I will probably rank Braylon James, who I talked mm -hmm. about earlier. Like I, he won't rank highly for me, but I think I will rank him. How how I usually start? I, I want to talk about this actually from how I kind of incorporate the freshman into my rankings. 
So I figure out the names that I think are probably Debbie relevant when I when I first flip over my rankings. So in late January, February, or whatever it is, when whenever those things kind of start getting turned over. And I, I only add in the guys that I think are Debbie relevant, even in my C2C rankings. So that means at quarterback, I think I went about 10 guys deep. I went about maybe 18 to 20 deep at wide receiver. Uh, I didn't go that deep at running back because I, I I don't really like this class. Um, and tight ends, I, I, I think I put my top five or six in this year, and that was it. And then as the offseason goes on and I start hearing more news about some of the freshmen, that's when I start adding more of those guys in. So a guy like uh, Andy Jean, the wide receiver mm-hmm. of Florida, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. It was a name that I'd written down. I don't. I still don't think he's a great player, and I think part of the reason he's standing out is because they don't have anybody there, and because Eugene Wilson the third is not there yet. But he's been getting some buzz, so I think he, he's probably rosterable at this stage. And we're actually in a supplemental draft right now. I I, I won Gene for fairly cheap in that. I was I was fine with that. Um, so guys like that, I think, start getting kind of added in. Um, and then, like you said, as depth charts start shaking out, um, I, I've been a little more aggressive. I, I've I've moved up. I'm trying to think. I, I bumped up Milrow a couple spots because it sounds like mm-hmm. it's closer than same. maybe I anticipated. I've moved up a guy like Shuck you mentioned earlier. Uh, conversely, I've dropped a guy like Cameron Ward because there's just some guys that I think are probably better players at this stage, and I know what I'm going to get out of them this year. A guy that, like Jordan Travis, I had jump him. Uh, Jalen Daniels at Kansas, I had jump him. Shador Sanders jumped him. Um, so I, I, that that's kind of the shifting that I'm generally doing at this time of the year. I don't know that I'm tanking or shooting a guy through the roof. I think it would be – it would take something really weird. It would take a report to come out tomorrow that actually Eli Holstein is starting at Alabama. <laughs> you know, okay, then <laughs> obviously, I mean, I have to bump him up. Yeah. Um, but I'm I, I'm not you know Eli Holstein beats up the third team article comes out tomorrow I'm probably not um, getting super interested in that in terms of movement. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, I, it sounds like we kind of both approach it fairly similarly, where we're not overreacting. Um, it's more like you said, like adding some guys to the rankings that that sh- that weren't in there before spring, and now that we have more information, they should be in there. The one, the one other instance that I'm moving a lot of these guys or adding a lot of these guys is the CFF relevant players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I We've talked about it on the show a bunch before. Like, I am not a CFF expert. I will never be a CFF expert. I'm very vocal about that. If somebody asks me for pure CFF advice, I'm probably saying go ask Jared or Chris K or Volume Pigs or Nate Marquise or yeah. you know insert of Ethan Sowers, any of these guys. Um, cause they are just more familiar with the landscape than I am, but now they're starting to get their rankings pretty built out. And now, even if I don't know, you know, a wide receiver from, let's just say Buffalo, I don't think they, they have one or two of them in there. They're very lowly rated, but let's say they have a wide receiver from Buffalo, at like wide receiver 30 for this year for CFF rankings. Okay. I don't know anything about this player. I don't know. I really don't know that much about Buffalo's offense overall. But if they think he's going to be a wide receiver three this year, I know we're a wide receiver three slots in, especially once I figure out what this guy's eligibility is like. You know, if he's a true sophomore, probably probably going up there a little bit. If he's a, a six-year senior, probably not that high since I'm only getting one year. So I think that's been a big thing for me too. I actually went in today. I pulled up our CFF team's rankings. And I added every single player that was like above a certain spot essentially 
that I didn't have yet. And now I'm kind of slotting those guys in and figuring them out. So that is the other one that I start doing about April, about about this time of the year. And then I'll, they'll, they'll solidify a little bit more as the year goes on. But, yeah, I think um, that's a good point. I haven't really looked at the CFF team's rankings yet. Um, but I, that is something I tend to do a little bit later in the offseason. I like to do it now just so I can start knowing some of the names. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been a cut one or two guys that popped up in this draft we're doing right now. It's an auction. So luckily, like, you know, justice says that auction is for lazy people. It's not necessarily for, la- I, I don't know that I, did, that I agree with that, but on some of these guys, like I would never know this player's name, but now that you've brought it up, yeah, I can hit Google and I can go search them and see what's <laughs> going on. Or I can drop into our Slack and say like, Hey guys, who's this guy? Um, so, from that from that standpoint, um, it, it definitely is beneficial. Um, and but I, I just like if you hear the name a couple times, you start at least knowing to ask the question, which is, yeah. I think, important, especially with uh, 133 and growing teams uh, in the FBS that we have to worry about uh, at any given time. Right. I want to talk a little bit about some of the players or positions specifically that you have kind of started figuring out or, or, or you've been moving them around a little bit. Um, it, Wisconsin wide receivers, one that has kind of caught your, your eye as, as some of these guys starting to figure things out. Yeah. I mean, starting this uh, off season, you know, or even going back to the last season, if you said like, I'm interested in these Wisconsin wide receivers, people would look at you like you're crazy, but with Phil Longo coming over with Tanner Mordecai coming in, um, you know, I, this is going to be, this is not your father's Wisconsin Badgers offense. You know, this offense is going to be a little bit more explosive than we're used to a little bit more pass heavy than we're used to. So now all of a sudden these wide receivers have relevancy and, you know, Phil Longo does a good job, uh, of putting up, getting wide receiver production. I mean, he's done it for years. He's done it in multiple different places. So we want the, we know we want the wide receivers there. We just didn't know who it was going to be. You know, Skylar Bell and Kamara DK were, were there from last year. Um, they brought in several transfers. CJ Williams from USC, who was a four-star last year. Some people were fairly high on him. Uh, he comes in. Then they bring in Will Pauling from, uh, from Cincinnati. He follows Luke Fickle. They brought in Bryson Green from Oklahoma State. They just had a whole mishmash of bodies there i mean they only had like two receivers on the roster probably because they just wanted to run the damn ball so yeah this was this was probably needed either way yeah so 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 we didn't know who it was going to be and now it's starting to seem like um bell dk and will pauling have been the ones who seem to have been separating themselves a little bit cj williams has definitely had some some positive notes uh in camp as well but it seems like Bell, DK, and Pauling have been the guys who are running with the ones. So I added Pauling into my rankings. I mean, he was a guy that I was just hanging out just at the bottom outside my unranked guys. I was keeping an eye on him for this possibility. And it seems like he might take that slot role, um, which is what we would be targeting. So he's entered in my rankings. I've dropped CJ Williams. I've dropped Bryson Green. Um, You know, I've dropped those guys a little bit. Uh, and, and it'll continue to shake out a little as, as we go here. But, um, you know, and I haven't tanked CJ Williams. He's sitting at like wide receiver 97 for me right now. So he is still a guy that I'm interested in. I think he could have some long-term potential there. But at this point, um, 
I I'm taking the news that we're getting out of there and I'm, I'm adjusting and I'm moving guys like Bell, DK and Pauling up a little bit. Yeah, it's funny you say that I have him at 115. So realistically, it's not CJ Williams, that is. So that's yeah. not really that far off, all things considered, once you start getting down into that that uh, that range of player guy that you probably have to roster just for the sake of it, but um, just might never be anything there. And a cautionary tale to buy too much into what happens at the All-American Games because yes. Williams was pretty good in that game overall, had a couple of really nice catches there. Uh, freshman wide receivers call on you've been bearish or bullish. Now I get to watch you sweat as you figure <laughs> out which one's which. Um, I know which one's which. I have been bullish on the top freshman wide receivers. I've been bullish along uh, on them kind of the entire time. They sit just outside my top tier of got those guys sits just outside of my top five at the wide receiver position. So I have um, Jonte Cook, Makai Lemon, Zachariah Branch, Brandon Innes at six, seven, eight, nine, uh, and then I have Dicky at thirteen, Carnell Tate at fourteen. So those guys, I was always kind of Carnell Tate made a, a pretty nice jump up there. Mm-hmm. He was like hanging down in like thirty, thirty-five, somewhere like there. He's now up at like fourteen, so he's made a pretty nice jump up. Uh, but some of the other guys have been. Um, you know, standing out. Some of the guys who are a little bit lower uh, have been have been standing out. Guys like um, Vandrevius Jacobs at Florida State. He's been there's been a very steady positive drumbeat for him. Um, so he's he's been rising for me. Um, and I was probably too low originally as well on um, Nathan Leacock. Um, he was a guy that I watched his junior stuff. And I was like, this guy's okay. And then I watched his senior stuff and I wrote him up for the freshman guide. And I thought he made a really nice jump in his senior season. Uh, He was a lot more versatile. He looked a lot better. Um, I think he even looked better athletically, better catching the ball. So he's a guy that that made a jump. He's rising up my rankings a little bit as well. Where where do you have him? Um, I'm not. Let me pull this up here real quick. I have him at 44 right now. Um, so he is in a cluster with Hakeem Williams and Keon Brown and Cordell Russell at, you know, 44, 45, 46, 47. So interesting. Okay. I have all those guys there. And honestly, I should probably drop Williams a little bit. Um, given the way that, uh, cause he hasn't had negative news. It just hasn't been nearly as positive as Jacobs. And yeah. I don't think that often supports two wide receivers. So I should probably drop Williams maybe a little bit, but I'm not going to dock Russell for that injury. You know, I, I still think he's a good receiver. I think he's going to um, do well at, at TCU. But yeah, Leacock is a guy that, that I've moved up to. So as guys start to get positive buzz, as I get a little bit even further in depth watching some of these freshmen, um, there's guys that I'm moving up. Um, I, I, I That's interesting. I... I I've been hesitant to move the freshman wide receivers too much outside of Carnell Tate, who like, I agree yeah. with you. He's gotten a huge bump. Where do you have Tate now? Where'd you say? 13? Uh, 14. I have him 13. Okay. So we're, we're in the same ballpark there. Um, where do you have Dickie then amongst your wide receivers? Um, Dickie's 13. Tate's 14. Okay. 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 Interesting. I, I have Dickie 17. So a couple spots okay. behind him now. Tate, Tate's jumped him just a little bit um, just because, you know, I trust. Uh, those 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 gentlemen over at Ohio State a little more, and I trust Oregon to develop some of these guys. 
Uh, I took a leap of faith today and I ranked tight ends. Oh. Yeah, okay. my tight ends were really sad, the rankings overall. <laughs> I got it to almost 60 here today uh, okay. for C2C. I feel pretty good about the majority of them. I added in a ton of the CFF type guys. Uh, that landscape shifts so quickly uh, year over year. Um, a couple of the other notable names that I think I moved around a tiny bit. I did bump Colston Loveland, who mm. got a love fest from Chris Moxley recently on Debbie Debates. I bumped Loveland up to my tight end eight. I think what some of the stuff Chris was preaching was a little um, too egregious for me, but I think tight a little end aggressive. Eight, yeah, I mean, I, I have him just behind Pierce Sperlin, Deuce Robinson, uh, in the same ballpark as a guy like Jaheim Bell. Um, the, those are the kind of players that I have him uh, ranked right around. So I, I, I think that's fairly healthy for him. Um, uh, some other guys that I think I, I, I bumped up a little bit here over the past couple of weeks, Daquan Wright, tight end of Virginia Tech. That's a Chris K favorite. Uh, really athletic guy, like just really athletic guy. You know, we're talking about taking some shots at tight end. Um, he's the kind of guy where you do it. I, I've heard Volume Pigs and a couple others actually talk about uh, Dolan Hulker a little bit, the tight end who went from BYU to Colorado State. Oh, um, okay. Holker was a guy that got buzzed last offseason, if anybody remembers, because Isaac Rex was recovering from injury, and, and Holker had gotten some buzz. Matt talked about him several times on the spring practice reports. And then he – I think he had a falling out with the coaching staff. He dipped after three weeks to reserve, uh, preserve his uh, red shirt there. So I added him, and I, I bumped him up a little bit. C.J. Dupree at Alabama, another guy we talked about. I think he's a, a good player. Uh, Lawson Lucky's been getting a lot of positive buzz at Georgia uh, without uh, Sperlin there. Sperlin uh, injured. Uh, broken collarbone, I think? I think that's what I heard. I think I got him and Russell, actually, like in the span of yeah. two days. It was, uh, th that was a rough week. Um, so a guy like Lucky's jumped up. And then the other name that I actually want to toss out here real quick is a name that I can guarantee we haven't talked about on any shows across our network. I, I guess I don't remember Ooh, them talking about it. No, I'm interested. And I might say his last name wrong. Luke Haas. A uh, freshman okay. mm -hmm. tight end going to Arkansas. Yeah, it's not like a guy that you would have never heard of in a billion years. Um, but he's a tight end. He's early enrolled, so he's at practice. He's apparently their starter. Now they have him listed. He's a little undersized. 6'3", 226 is what they have him on at, on Arkansas's mm -hmm. website. Okay. But they've said that he's looked really, really good in practice. He's probably a starter. And they have not been this hyped about a tight end, a freshman tight end there since Hunter Henry. So okay. he's a guy that I bumped him up to tight end 30, I believe. Uh, right above Malik Carr, above Jake Brinningstool, above Eli Raridan. Um, some of these other guys, some of the, the CFF uh, heartthrobs this year, Ben Sinat at Kansas State, Corey Deitches at Maryland, all those guys. I, I think he's a really interesting player. So that uh, tight end, I, I feel really, really good about now. Asking about any college tight end. Well, not any, but asking about a college tight end, and I can tell you what I think of him, where you should be drafting him. Now, I'm now the tight end expert here at c2c.com okay interesting um what about a, a post hype guy like jalen conyers yeah conyers is an interesting guy i went back and forth on him but he's a guy that i actually really liked a couple years ago mm -hmm. i actually tried to buy him in a bunch of leagues it got shut down because he had some buzz i've moved him to tight end 23 and he's right <laughs> okay is that where you have him too 22 
Okay. I, I have him right around. Uh, Daquan writes the spot above him. Caden Pricecorn, who's going to Ole Miss, uh, transferred over there. Uh, the, the good things coming out about him. Uh, Julio Skinner's in that range. Eric All at Iowa. Lawson Lucky. Like, that's kind of the range that I have him in. Okay. Um, j- just behind guys like Brevin Spanford, Camorian Pimpton, the two uh, the two Utah tight ends. So, yeah, uh, in- interesting guy for sure. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, what about Thomas Yasmin? Yasmin. Yeah. Am I the high guy on him? Um, You might be. I don't know how many people had him in their rankings before. I had him at 15 and I've had him there for actually I've had him there for at least a month now. Okay. Uh, I think he's really interesting. I think Utah they still don't have anything a wide receiver. And I still think they need a yin to Keith's yang. Mm-hmm. Keith doesn't really function as a normal okay. tight end. He's more H back. So I do think Yasmin can kind of fill the Dalton Kincaid role. I'm not predicting a Dalton Kincaid year, mm-hmm. but it, it's a not out of the question. And B, he's a big athletic guy that I think can do some of the things that Dalton Kincaid did. So I think he's really, really intriguing there. I have him tight end 15 right behind RJ Maryland, uh, Andrew Rappelier in there. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that That's kind of the range that I have him in. Okay. I have him at uh, 21. Okay. So. I, I might be too aggressive on him. I, I will fully I, admit that. But I've I like seen a couple him. clips, and he looked really good. And I know <laughs> just going, oh, I've seen three clips of him. But I, I, I like the role, and I like the player enough to okay. to at a position like tight end to, to kind of go all in. He went for a stupid amount in that auction that we're in. I know. I was it annoyed. really annoyed I was me. I was not expecting that. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was frustrating. I, I didn't get him there. And my tight end situation there is not good. So. Uh, I wasn't thrilled about about how that shook out. Uh, did you end up winning CJ Dupree in that, by the way? I, was, I, I went back and forth with you a couple of times. Okay. I did. I did end up winning him. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying. But it is what it is. Um, last tight end I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Elijah Arroyo. He's mm-hmm. a guy that I was really high on last year. And we got crickets. What are you doing with him? I made the difficult decision uh, to to drop him pretty far today. Okay, and I'm trying to find exactly where I moved him. So I, he's tight end 36 now. Okay, and I have him along with like Eric Gilbert to tight end 37. And like I'm not necessarily a Gilbert believer, but it's just like at some point after all these guys come off the board, it's like, well, if he ever figures it out, I mean, the dude's yeah. a monster. I've got a bunch of the CFF type guys around him that I don't love. Sadu Traore at Colorado, uh, uh, the Ball State Tanner Kazoyle. Uh, Jelani Thurman, it is who's at Ohio State. He's he's had a little bit of buzz. I don't okay. think he's a star or anything. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the range. I, I I had him up at like 15, 16, and I was like, I mean, I loved this kid, but it just hasn't happened. I haven't really heard any positive or any overly positive news. So I think it's just time to to let that one go, unfortunately. Yeah, I had him at like six or seven last year. Yeah. Um same. I really liked his skill set. Uh, I dropped him to I dropped Elijah Arroyo down to 27, tight end 27. I have him right there with Caden Prescorn, Sadu Treore, and Eli Rairdon. So, yeah, that feels like a fair range for him. There's still a lot of upside. I mean, if mm-hmm. he puts it together this year, we don't really care about breakout age for tight ends. So, he, right. he could certainly do something, um, but right. it just hasn't. It's always been like little injuries with him. Yeah. That have kind of held him back. And Will Mallory, who wouldn't, right. as the guy from leave. Succession says, wouldn't fuck off. So uh, <laughs> we're stuck with Will Mallory for way longer than we want it to be. Uh, Elijah Collins, you're you're bullish on Elijah Collins. That's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. It is. It is a name I haven't heard in a while. And I mean, I would 
I think comparatively, yeah, I would say I'm bullish. He's my RB90 right now. Um, but I bumped him, I added him in the rankings and he jumped pretty high because we've not been hearing positive things about Ali Gordon, who's a guy that I thought was going to take that over. Uh, we've been hearing that he, Ali Gordon, is struggling with the physicality. And that's not something that makes no sense. The dude was like a bowling I know. ball in high school. I, I don't, I know. It. I, that was not, would not have had that um, just Gundy on my bingo dick. card. Uh, and it very easily could be Gundy being a dick. I dropped it. I dropped uh, Ollie Gordon a little bit. Um, you know, I, I didn't go crazy. I didn't nuke his value because I do still believe in him long term. But uh, previously, I had Ali Gordon up. I think it was like around RB30 or so. Um, and he is now down at RB70. No, 69. Nice. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you got to talk about your RB. Who's your wide receiver 69, Colin? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. Hang on. Now I got to look real quick. Um, Keon Gray's. Actually, no, he should. Oh, that's that's probably high for. Him. Yeah, I was gonna say that actually probably should drop him a little bit further. Honestly, <laughs> should flip those, invert those numbers. I mean, yeah, I think I've, I think yeah. I've, that's about the range I've dropped him to. Okay, we'll put Brew, we'll put Brew McCoy in there. Then we'll call Brew McCoy my wide receiver. Okay. Brew is very nice. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Very uh, nice. But yeah. So, uh, but Elijah Collins has been getting some buzz lately for them. It seems like he has the inside track to be the starter, um, and. Oklahoma State running backs just produce. I mean, even Dominic Richardson last year, who is not good. Like, I don't think Dominic Richardson's good, like, at all. But he finished, at, you know, with 50, averaging 15 fantasy points per game last year. Like, that's pretty solid, you know? I think whoever starts there this year, I think that's probably going to be about their floor. It's 15 fantasy points per game. So if Elijah Collins is getting that, I think he's he's probably free right now. He's probably in all of your supplemental drafts. So unless somebody out there was a huge Michigan State fan, they were just hanging on to him for forever. I think I finally dropped Elijah Collins in the last. I, I have a league that does only two waiver pickups per year. Mm-hmm. And just the nature of not being able to turn the roster quite enough, I had held on to him until last year. And then I think he finally got the axe. Uh, he was a big name, Elijah Collins, for anybody that doesn't know. Before Kenneth Walker got there, there was kind of an assumption that he might be the next guy at Michigan State, and that yeah. never really came to fruition for him. So uh, interesting heading to Oklahoma State there for him. But he's uh, he's not a bad player, and we thought something of him at one point. So mm-hmm. uh, everyone did. Like he, he very, very trendy. Uh, that was even like before we were really a thing. Campuscant.com. I think he was in my original rankings when we started the site. I think he was in mine too. So I think there's like an archive thing you can go and look back. I'm gonna go find what my rankings were when we. Oh man, I don't even. I almost don't even want to. I almost don't even want to go back through the archives and see how bad my rankings were. Yeah, probably bad. Um, yeah. But you know who would have been pretty high up there? Zach Charbonnet. So you know, <laughs> RV one. I digress. RV one. Um. I, I I dropped a couple guys after watching the them for the Debbie guide this year. Okay. Uh, I dropped Will Shipley at Clemson. I dropped Byron Cardwell at Cal after sharing a pretty good meme about him in our <laughs> Slack. And I dropped Javante Barnes a little bit at Oklahoma. Okay. 
and all three were extremely disappointing to me. Cardwell in particular, I was really disappointed. And I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt because I didn't crush him. I would mm-hmm. have if basically all you can watch at Byron Cardwell is his true freshman year because he really didn't play very much last year. Right. He got injured and then I don't kind of hung around for a while. I think he kind of fell out of favor with the new coaching staff. Yeah. He, I think his vision is really poor or at least very spotty. And he does, does not do a good job of keeping his feet moving as he approaches the line of scrimmage. If his original hole is not there, he kind of freezes up. So it causes him like he can't really gain tough yardage unless he has a head of steam because he's not keeping his feet moving. And he just struggles to hit cutbacks. Like if, if the hole's not there most of the time, he's just getting stuffed immediately. He was really, really disappointing. Barnes was actually kind of similar. Barnes is an excellent outside zone guy and he struggles at literally everything else. So I, I, those are those. And then Shipley, we've well documented his issues this season or this off season so far campus to can just kind of the too long. Haven't listened to all the shows, the hours and hours and hours. What did you end up listening to last year? Calling 10,000 hours or something of C2C pods on. Uh, I think it was like 13, 13. Okay. So there think so. No lack of content there. Uh, Shipley has not been particularly elusive has not been particularly great between the tackles. His receiving numbers, while volume is good, his dot and other underlying metrics have not been particularly positive. So we'll see what happens with him. But those are three guys that have dropped. Shipley's dropped from like wide receiver running back five to like 17 or something. Okay. Um, and then Cardwell went from mid-20s to he's mid-30s right now. Oh, wow. Okay. The problem is that I don't know. It's so unsettled behind him that I don't know who else I would put in front of him. Mm. Okay. And then I moved Barnes down to like the forties. Mm-hmm. So again, like these are guys, it's not like I nuked them, but if you look at some of the running backs in this range, it's a lot of question marks. Okay. And I, 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 I'm hoping that situation will sh- kind of reveal itself in terms of running backs across college football. Cause right now it's very unstable more than I can really remember the past three or four years. Okay. Um, I, so you dropped, Cardwell from the 20s to like the 30s or so yeah like 10 12 spots yeah I have Cardwell as my uh RB 66 okay yeah I mean that um, I, I might just he might just be that high for me because he started high and he's being anchored a little bit quite frankly I mean I had him high but the transfer to Cal I didn't like that with uh, Ott there too already and Justin Williams Thomas coming in um I don't like the Jake Spavital. Uh, the offensive coordinator there. He does not run a particularly good offense. So that kind of dropped him for me, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I have Jade not a 61 and Cardwell at 66. So like they both got nuked for me. I might bump Jade not up a little bit here. If we, you know, if the coaching staff doesn't seem to like Byron Cardwell quite as much, maybe if they're seeing some of the same things that you're seeing, uh, maybe Jade not rebounds a little bit. Um, and then Javante Barnes, I had at 47. I still have him there. I have him and Gavin Sawchuck back to back 47, 48. Um, that's one of just one of those things where I kind of want to see who starts getting the first team reps. I think we could see Gavin Sawchuck start to overtake that a little bit with Barnes being out uh, with his injury. Um, he's on a scooter right Which now. Which is in a also boot. very 
very concerning. Uh, they're calling it a dead bone. Nate Martinez yeah. was talking about it. it's it, it's something that's kind of long lasting. Like whatever yeah. his issue is, it's not really going to go away. So, I, I, that should be concerning for a, a between the tackles kind of guy. Yeah, agreed. And then Shipley, I dropped um, at the beginning of the offseason. He's my RB nine. Um, okay. I don't really know. This the thing is like. I don't feel comfortable enough putting any of the other guys up into the top 10. Like Toronto citizen is 10 for me. And that almost oh, feels too high. He's dropped pretty hard for me. Too. Yeah. Two, two knee injuries are still not recovered from whatever the original one was. It's not ideal. I've yeah. dropped, I've dropped him to 20. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I could definitely see myself dropping him a little bit, but then the guys behind him that I have, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Justice Haynes, Roger Robinson, Jamarian Miller. Those guys round out my top 15. Um, I like some of those guys, but I don't love them either. And I don't really love all the guys behind them. Like, I think the running backs this year outside of like, so my top eight, I have Travion, uh, Sanders, Singleton, Judkins, Branson Robinson, Braylon Allen, Jace McClellan, Cedric Baxter Jr. Those are my top eight. And I feel pretty good about those guys. Um, and then beyond that, it's guys that I like, but I don't love. And there's just like a big tier there. I um, We have a similar eight. And yeah, I, I would take Haynes over him. I think I'll just take the re-roll at this point and hope that Haynes doesn't blow out. I'm not going to say it. it. Yeah, fair brings, enough. Brings yep. power yep. to the words. But yep. I mean, it's... Citizen, I I didn't lump him in here, but he's a guy that yeah, I mean the news is not good about him. I can't, in good conscience, have a running back who we've never seen in college has never played it down in a probably not very good offense that high. Uh, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. You talked me into it. I'm gonna drop him. I'm gonna drop him behind Ruben Owens. So that puts him at that's he's exact. He's literally one spot behind Owens for me. Yeah. <laughs> or two spots. I have wrote Owens at 18. Uh, and then Jarquez Hunter at 19 and citizen at 20. Uh, okay. Well, I have, I have Owens at, at 18 as well. Um, so Owens is at 18 citizens at 19 for me. Hunter. I have, I have Jarquez Hunter at 28. Okay. I've had to bump him. I haven't been a huge Hunter supporter, but um, I, I think he's going to get fed this year mm-hmm. for Arkansas. Um, one more, Colin, and then we'll we'll take it home. We'll go to uh, freshman profile each and get out of here. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. Um, my other guy that I have been, um, I, I've been raising him up. It's Austin Mack, the quarterback going to uh, Washington. He was in the 2024 freshman class. He reclassified into the 2023 freshman class, and he slotted in as a four-star um qb 16 in the composite qb i believe it was eight by 24 7 sports own rankings i have him at qb 18 and i wrote him up for the the debbie guide i did not write him up for the freshman guide i did write him up for the debbie guide and i think he's a really good fit for kalen DeBoer's offense i don't necessarily know what i see his pro potential being right now He's got good size. He's got a good arm. He's mobile. He's not like going to, you know, run off and and break. He's a, he's a guy you have to like respect with his legs, but you don't have to, you're not afraid of him. 
you know, you can't just let him take off. With how but, skinny he is, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of him either. He should be yeah. afraid of me. Yeah, he he does need to gain some weight for sure. <laughs> um, he's he's being sick. He's being six six. Uh, doesn't help that matter. But so I don't necessarily know what his NFL future is going to be. Um, I think he'll get drafted at some point. We'll see. He, he'll need some development. We'll see how high he ends up getting drafted. But I think he's going to smash in that DeBoer offense. And Michael Penix will be gone after this year. I, I don't see Washington recruiting over Mac. I mean, they are in on one of the mid to top guys in 2024, right? Or did they just get a commit for one? Uh, I don't think they did. Okay, they're they're in on some some guy in 2024, but I don't think they're going to be. He's going to be better than Mac. Um, they struck out on a couple guys in this class, Lincoln Kineholtz. Um, they wanted Sam Levitt too. He ended up going to Michigan State, uh, but they get Mac, and I, I think he's going to be a good fit there. So you give me three years in that Kalen DeBoer offense, I think that's valuable. Um, so he's slotted in at my QB eighteen right now. Yeah, I uh, I know you and Felix are just like huge lovers of DeBoer and his offense. I'm. Let me just say mm. too that uh, Felix's quote from last year was he didn't understand the hype on some of these Washington guys. And now he's all of a sudden the biggest DeBoer guy ever. Like, okay, yeah, you liked Michael Penix once upon a time. You liked Jake Hayner, but you hated and everybody at Washington and didn't understand it, even though you loved the Fresno State and Indiana offenses before that. I don't understand what the hate was for Washington, but that's okay. Uh, at least he came around to it. You know, It's a year late, but it's fine. That guy just doesn't get it. He'll never get it. It's yeah, it's all right. you know, he, all all he wants to do is be wrong about Washington receivers and come on our show and try to ruin it. So yeah, uh, go live. <laughs> yeah, right. Shut up. <laughs> um, they did get a commitment recently from EJ. I'm gonna butcher this. Kaminong. Oh, okay. But he's QB 35 in the composite, and he's like a. A sort of upper three star so it's not a guy that would yeah it's okay it's, they, they don't really have anything else there they have dylan morris who has to be 50 by this point <laughs> yeah and <laughs> is there anybody else there's uh what's no. his name left so yeah um yeah Heward left sam yeah, Heward left it's you. it's Penix and morris will probably be one and two this year just given their experience and mac is going to be 17 this year he should be this is this should be his senior year of high school, and he's going to spend it at college. So don't expect anything from him this year. If he's he's not going to be the QB two. If he's the QB two, that's a huge huge green flag. That's really positive. Uh, but I wouldn't expect that at all. But it it he shouldn't play this year. He's yeah. definitely not ready. He'll no. get he'll get broken in half, and he'll get yeah. he'll he'll be seeing ghosts in a year. Yeah, yeah. he can't do that. Yeah. So, but. Long term, I think this is a really positive. Uh, this is a this is a really good good uh, prospect and good for CFF. And like I said, I think he'll get drafted. I just don't know exactly how high it is I, at this point in time. I think he's like a late day two type of a guy, um, but we'll see how he develops. He has to develop the mental side of his game for sure. I, I'll be very honest. I do get the. Um, you know, it's a good system. I, I want the guy that's there next and I'm willing to wait, but I, where you have him is pretty rich. 
it, my problem is high. I don't see a lot of NFL talent right now in in the land, you know, outside of my kind of top. It's not just a line of NFL ready quarterbacks out the yeah, door of right? college football right now. I am I am shocked. <laughs> outside of my once you get outside of my top 13, uh, there are guys that I think will get drafted. But I don't know where they're going to get drafted. I don't anticipate them getting very highly. And the guys at the bottom of that are Jackson Arnold at 12, Devin Brown at 13. Um, I like Devin Brown a lot. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But then right behind him, Nico Iamalieva. What's the difference between Iamalieva and Austin Mack except for like $8 million and one extra star? So... I uh, I will be honest, and this is another instance where I have to reiterate, like I am not writing kids off that are 17, 18 years old. So much can change. I, and again, like Austin Mack, you're watching like his sophomore stuff to try to get an right. idea. Of him. <laughs> yeah, you're watching if his you went junior and tape. My sophomore <laughs> soccer stuff, you'd, like, you know, you'd be like, what the hell? I don't see an NFL quarterback when I watch Austin Mack, like at all. I would be pretty surprised at this stage He's kind of awkward as a mover, and I don't love the arm, but I do understand that he's going to a pretty good program. Like I would rather have a guy like Austin Novosad over Austin Mack. I think Novosad, mm. and we've said we're not Novosad truthers, mm-hmm. but I think he's a lot more projectable at this point than Austin Mack is. I would rather have a guy like Jaden Rashada. I think he's more talented than Austin Mack is at this stage. I think interesting. a few of the, C, the C2C folks have got leaned way too heavy into Kalen DeBoer can fix anybody and make them an NFL quarterback. And, and for the record, I don't, I don't think the NFL even likes Hayner. We've heard nothing about Hayner over the past mm-hmm. month. He might go like round six. So I don't know. And Washington is not exactly a premier program. So I, I, I think the Mac stuff is, I, is just getting way too carried away based purely on landing spot. And while I do think that generally speaking, targeting good landing spots is smart and good process, I think in this case, I just don't know that it's a special player going to a special place, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get that. I I don't think he's a special player at this point either. I do like his arm, actually. I, I do think he has a good arm. Um, like it's, it's going to be NFL caliber pretty easily. Um, Oh, I think it, you know it's definitely on that trajectory, and I don't have him that much higher than the other. I have another block of freshman quarterback: um, Sam Levitt, Jaden Rashada, Novasad, Childs, and Minchie from twenty-five to twenty-nine. Um, yeah, I, I would take all those guys over him by yeah. a, a pretty decent. Yeah. Amount. So I don't have him. I have him at eighteen. Those guys are like twenty-five, twenty. So like ten-ish spots higher. We were talking but, about. Uh, 69s yeah austin mac is qb 69 for me oh wow not nice no i have a lot of i have a lot of cff guys in there that i know are going to be cff guys for this year that i'd rather have so um instead of just kicking that down the the road and another stop but that's that's just me i know i'll probably end up being the low guy i'm okay with that I don't know that the talent is so significant that if I miss out, I'll be kicking myself. And that's usually the question I'm kind of asking myself with some of these freshmen. It's like, do I think that there's a chance that if I don't want them at all, that they end up being a stud? And if I have any sort of fear that pops up in the back of my mind when I ask myself that, 
I adjust. And with Mac, I don't really get that fear at this stage. But again, okay. you're watching him as like a 16 year old guy. Like, yeah, there's so much room for improvement and development there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right. Let's hop into these freshman profiles real quick, Colin. We were only are too deep right now. I so know. We, we're going to have to catch up here a little bit. We do. Somebody was gone for a while. I, I don't know who you're referring to, but. Um, we, we did Arch Manning, Pierce Sperlin already. This is day mm -hmm. two mm -hmm. and we're sticking with some of the top names here to, mm -hmm. to keep things moving. So we, we each yep. chose a guy that is a first round supplemental pick this year. Yep. Yeah. The guy I chose Malachi Nelson quarterback going to USC. Uh, I, I did Arch Manning the first week. I'll do Nelson this week. We're sticking with the top quarterback guys. Um, Nelson was originally committed to Oklahoma and then flipped to USC basically the day that Lincoln Riley did. So he has always been Lincoln Riley's guy. Um, you know, latest five-star guy that Lincoln Riley is able to bring in. He's already on campus right now. Nelson is He's participating in spring despite having surgery on his non-throwing shoulder in December. Um, so I think it's actually a good sign that he's already out there and, and doing some stuff. He's not doing everything. Um, but I think it's important for him to be out there and at least getting into the playbook as a player. Nelson's very advanced as a passer uh, at this stage in his career compared to everybody else um, compared to his peers, his ability to throw with the anticipation is exceptional. Uh, and I think his accuracy and his ball placement are very good as well. You know, Nelson knows exactly where to place the ball so his wide receiver can go make a play. Either that's a jump ball, setting him up for a yak, throwing over the middle, whatever. Uh, he knows where he needs to put the ball. And he throws with really good touch, too. Um, my concern with his touch, he has a, a tendency to overthrow some deep passes. He's got to rein that in a little bit. Uh, and his offense was uh, mostly a quick one-read system, a Los Alamitos. Uh, but Nelson did show the ability at times to move through progressions when he had to. I think that's going to be something he'll have to continue to improve and he'll have time to learn under Caleb Williams. So that's fine. Um, another area I think Nelson needs to develop is he's like almost scary skinny. Uh, he needs to add some weight. Um, he is, what is he? Six, three, have him, 180 pounds. I think they have him listed. Is that on USC's website or I'm almost positive. I got that off of USC's website. I thought they had mentioned pounds. that he had, had gained some weight since he got on campus, but now I'm going to go check that. Maybe he did, but I, I don't know. Yeah, he's almost him at 180. Yeah. He's almost, like I said, that's almost scary skinny. Now I don't know if it's necessarily going to hinder his long-term outlook. Um, you know, we've seen some skinny guys at the next level and you don't have to be this big bulky quarterback uh, to be successful in the NFL. At Nelson's also not a, a runner. He's another guy that you have to respect with his legs, but you don't have to fear. Um, he's always going to look to pass first, too. So he does. It's not like he takes off and runs all the time, but. I, he's not a guy that I want running much at this point. And I don't know how much his frame is going to be able to add weight. Um, so I don't know how much bigger he's going to be able to get. But Nelson checks a lot of the boxes as a passer. Um, he's also, he's better inside structure, but he's solid improvisationally and can throw from different arm angles, different platforms um, without, you know, his strength, his arm strength and velocity being affected. So, Nelson is one of the best prospects at the quarterback position that I've evaluated in the last couple classes, like going back to um, Trevor Lawrence's class. 
you know, and I wasn't really doing anything formally back then, but I think Nelson's probably the best quarterback I've seen coming out of high school since Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I think he is too. And uh, just through their junior years, I think he's better than Rayola. So if I'm a Nelson manager, someone thinking about drafting him, I'm not scared off if Dylan Rayola ends up there. I think he's better than Rayola. I uh, was slightly disappointed by Rayola, to be completely honest, when I watched him. I have and not again, watched him. A whole yet. other year. A whole other year. But not. I, I didn't think he was amazing when I sat down and watched him. I thought he was good. Really good. Yeah, I haven't watched Rayola yet, but I don't imagine he's going to check in better than, than Nelson did for me. Um, I, I like Nelson a lot, so I'm not really too scared off by Rayola. I think he was going to be, I think Nelson is going to be the next Lincoln Riley quarterback. I, um, yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think, um, obviously we never want to say it for a hundred, you know, a hundred percent discount all other options, but I, I feel pretty good about saying that. I think he's the next guy there. It's not going to be Miller Moss. It's not going to be Rayola. It's going to be him. I chose Jonte Cook, wide receiver going to Texas. Uh, you may have heard me talk a lot about him on Twitter or in our Discord, or I believe I wrote up his profile for the freshman guide. Um, I, I've talked about as much as I can about him. This is going to be my my last rodeo here. Jonte. Um, my number two wide receiver in the class and a, a high four-star uh, for most of the services. He weighs in, he's six foot and Texas has him over 180 pounds now, which is great. He was listed at 170 in high school. Uh, went to DeSoto there and stayed at home in Texas. Um, he's, he, he's an excellent athlete. He's not like a top 1% kind of guy, but he is an exceptional athlete uh, for the wide receiver position. And he's got that really nice wide receiver build, uh, long speed, first step, change of direction, all very, very, very good. Um, all, all top class here. He, he understands football and understands movement in an inherent way that I think it just is on like another plane as a human being. Like, I think you could teach somebody who wasn't this like naturally gifted. You could sit down and watch all this tape with them and they would just never be able to feel a route like he does. He's probably one of the best. I don't want to call it improvisational, but he'll, he knows when to kind of make a subtle movement to make a defender lean to open up their hips or to get them turned the wrong way. He knows, um, you know, how to sell a, a comeback or a double move, like just so flawlessly, so easily. He, he's just so smooth with, with a lot of these things that he can kind of do. He's got very good hands, no issues there. He's been the talk of Texas's camp so far. I know they have a lot of bodies there. Do not count him out this year. I think he will play a fair amount uh, of snaps. I think he profiles as a boundary guy, but I think he can play inside as well. So I think that'll help him get on the field a little bit. Uh, I, I really think he's what people want Xavier Worthy to be, quite honestly. Uh, I think he falls close to like the Justin Jefferson camp as a player. Yeah, and let's not forget, like Justin Jefferson wasn't an elite prospect. He went in the late, tw- in the what, mid-20s or early 20s in the NFL draft. Like I think that's the kind of guy that Cook is, but I think his his movement and his ability to play wide receiver is on that plane, and he's kind of got some of that cocky attitude too, which I like a lot. So Jonte Cook, I, I think he's a slam dunk. Uh, I I think he's 
it's crazy that I have a guy in the 2024 class that is like so insanely far ahead of him graded because I, I just love Cook and I think he's going to be a star at Texas. Yeah, I have Jonte Cook as my wide receiver one in this class. I think he's going to be a star as well. I think the word you were looking for, I think, for him was like instinctual. He just yeah, instinctually yeah. knows how to play the wide receiver position. Like you said, it's not you can't teach him teach these receivers how to use like the nuance within their route to throw a little body faking, get the defender to turn his hips a little bit and then break out um, the way that he does as, as naturally as he does. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Cook, too, and, and I am hopeful that. He can play in the slot because I think that is his path, his easiest path to early playing time this year. Jordan Whittington's there, probably going to be the guy to play the slot. He's nothing special. He's injured a lot. Um, you know, and I think that he would play the slot better than uh, A.D. Mitchell or Xavier Worthy would. See, I, I was saying, I actually, I actually, if I'm Texas and I'm in that situation, I kick Worthy inside. But I think regardless, he can um, – oh, uh, Jonathan Cook can do both. So Yeah, I think Cook can do both. I don't know if Worthy can, to be honest with you. Worthy I, I think he could be a Marvin Mims-ish kind of guy yeah. in the slot, essentially. Worthy could be. Yeah, I think he would do it at a fine level. You know, I, We're all kind of – I don't want to say souring because I think a bunch of us still think Worthy's a good player. But he's definitely not held in the steam that he was after his freshman year. And so maybe a more defined role for him is what he kind of needs to realize what – what uh we've kind of thought of him after that big freshman year but who knows yeah i mean i've i've soured on worthy a little bit but he's still a top 10 wide receiver for me i have yeah, at, exactly i i think I he's like at 10. 10 i think yeah. I, I have him right around there too yeah he's right behind ennis and he's just ahead of barry and brown for me although i go back and forth with those two to be honest fair enough all right well that is going to do it here for tonight's show guys if you notice we didn't talk about our lives at all because we've been told that that is not what the people want yeah and so um we're on strike talking about our personal lives until further notice but you know who isn't on strike the rest of the folks at c2c putting out daily content on the podcast feed mondays chasing the natty tuesdays this show here at campus life wednesdays back to debbie thursdays debbie debate fridays can't bound we're adding future freshmen back to the playlist here in the next week or so. So you'll be able to catch that with Brandon Sanders and, and a guest of some sort every day during the week, guys, daily draft report comes out Dwight working his butt off to get a different guest for every show, breaking down prospects in 15 minutes or less offensive and defensive side of the ball. A good listen. If you're looking to get up on this rookie class, go check out the YouTube page, guys, spring practice reports are all going to be over there as well. That's, that's all for tonight's show. As always, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.